Hi everyone, welcome to Meet Your Candidate. My name is Christina Navis and I'm one of the co-administrators for SLPs of Color on Instagram. We're an inclusive community for speech language pathologists, students, and audiologists of color. And today I'm interviewing Dr. Judy Rich. Judy is running for president-elect for ASHA board 2021. Judy, thank you, welcome. Thank you. Um, Judy, if you could please just tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in uh, speech-language pathology. Sure. I was um, born in the Philippines, raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, which is a great place to, at the time I was growing up, to celebrate um, and experience lots of different cultural and linguistic um, um, diversity coming together. It was just an awesome growing up time. I have a bachelor's in linguistics from University of California at Riverside, uh, master's in uh, communication sciences and disorders, and a doctorate in educational leadership, both of those um, higher degrees from University of North Texas. I um, spent my career in the public schools in the Texas area, three different school districts. I started out in big city urban environment in the Dallas Independent School District, and uh, was a speech-language pathologist and then on the autism evaluation team when autism was a somewhat new disability category and then moved on into special ed director and finished up my career as an assistant superintendent for student services. So um, that job and most of the jobs in administration that I've had in school districts related to students who uh, because they were in some sort of categorically funded program were at risk for dropping out of school. Either they were English learners or they were in special education or gifted or um, um, what other programs, um, the career technical education programs. And so I've um, really enjoyed um, working on teams and working on behalf of um, ensuring access for students into the services they need, whether that's on the gifted side or whether that's in special education with an individualized education program. So um, I retired from the school district about six years ago. For those of you who are young, I highly recommend retirement. It uh, has allowed me to come full circle back to speech language pathology in terms of my interests and activities and what I do with my volunteer time. Um, in retirement, so I've been retired about six years, six and a half years. I do education consulting. I work um, back in the Dallas School District consulting to their special education and speech language pathology program. So it feels like coming home. So um, it it's been a, speech pathology has been a great um, career track for me and I love, love, love uh, my experiences in the schools and working on teams and the people I've met in schools. Thank you. So you had mentioned that you um, have worked in schools, you've had different administrative positions. My follow-up question would be, in your experience with engaging college colleagues and students, how will you carry that to serving you in the national capacity? That's a good question. I um, forgot to mention that I've also taught the public school methods class graduate course at UT Dallas for the last 10 years and have between um, 50 and 75 students in that course um, year after year and try to heavily recruit uh, graduates into the school setting. But um, I've 
found over the last decade that um, students in graduate school are um, have changed a little bit are looking for for different things as they graduate but have a very common core in terms of passions for helping children and adults communicate well so um, engaging um, graduate students is pretty easy if you give them um, ideas for skills and um, the tools that they need to be successful during their clinical fellow year um, they're pretty much engaged with you. In terms of engaging colleagues, I did mention earlier that I thrive in a team environment, whether I'm a team member or whether I'm Rudolph leading the, the team of, of um, um, the Santa sleigh. Um, I, I really do thrive in a team environment and think that collectively when a team of people, especially a team of people with diverse perspectives and diverse thoughts come together, that we um, come up with better solutions and we do better things for our um, students or clients that we're working with as speech language pathologists. So engagement comes through relationship and um, a lot of laughter. Um, I used to lead a lot of meetings and um, had a rule that if we hadn't laughed in 12 minutes, somebody needed to tell a joke that I would stop and we had to laugh. So laughter and the engagement that comes from true belly laughter is um, something that's, that's magical that the brain needs. So um, rely on that a lot too. Thank you. My next question has to do with diversity and currently ASHA's 29 2019 demographics data stated that only 8% of members and affiliates were people of color, which is significantly lower than census data for the United States. In your position, if elected as president-elect, how will you support the recruitment and retainment of diverse students and clinicians? That's a really hard question. So thank you, Christina. Um, ASHA has uh, strong um, systems in place, um, celebrating 50 years with their multicultural division. They've got the Minority Leadership Development Program. So they've got some things in place. But I think what um, the ASHA president and president-elect and president can do is really push for um, the connectivity that each SLP can bring to recruiting um, young, bright, energetic um, professionals or burgeoning professionals into speech language pathology. So I think it's a combination of putting systems in place at the organization level and also um, personal invitations. Hey, you, um, you're being dismissed from speech language pathology and you're in the fourth grade. You know what? When you grow up, I think you would be an awesome SLP. Think about it, you know, so planting those seeds and inviting, doing personal invitations to our clients, our, the family members of our clients, I think is, is really a, a big deal. Um, we have got to do something to, so that ASHA members and the providers look more like the clients that um, we serve. So it's, um, it's, it's a big issue. There's no one single answer. Otherwise, we would have found the answer. ASHA is a smart organization. Um, but I do think it's based on relationship. And it's also based on money. I think that um, 
if ASHA has a pretty strong track record with their foundation and with other ways of making money, maybe that we can lobby um, big money to provide full scholarships to graduate school to um, students of color so that it's affordable and so that we just level the access um, gate and um, take away the money issue in terms of it being a problem. Um, so money and relationships is how I would press for it as president-elect of ASHA. Thank you. My next question has to do with, and we talked a little bit about this before uh, we started recording, but the pandemic and, and the time that we're in right now. And COVID-19 has drastically changed our profession and will continue to do so in the foreseeable future. How can you in your role and as a representative of this organization provide meaningful support to members as we navigate the unknowns of this pandemic? I think it's a multi-level response on the part of all leaders in ASHA, especially the president. Um, first of all, I think ASHA has been more nimble than usual. I don't find ASHA to be an especially nimble association. It takes a long time to get policy documents written. It takes a long time um, to get the board to vote on things. Um, but ASHA has pushed out technical information uh, about supervision of the clinical fellow year and how it's changed because of the pandemic as one example of a specific topic area. Um, so I think ASHA has pushed out information and should continue to push out information at deeper and deeper levels. For example, we need um, some um, anecdotal information and some research to say how can the um, how can the COVID virus affect communication skills for survivors of the of the virus. Um, the the ripple effects of micro stroke, mini strokes and um, other issues that aren't related to respiratory systems that seem to be popping up in uh, people who have had the, the virus, the coronavirus, really important for us to know as communication specialists what our role is. Are there certain swallow issues that will now become more important or more compelling? Are there are the mini strokes going to add up to memory issues or language loss or pragmatic function loss? So I think on the technical side, uh, there's a lot to do in terms of leadership and just pointing ASHA in the right direction. But the more important side for the leadership of ASHA is uh, keeping fingers on the pulse of what members need. So you all are a group of SLPs of color do you have different needs during this time? Are, are you vulnerable in different places, personally and professionally, um, than um, the majority of ASHA members who are not SLPs or audiologists of color? And what are those needs? And so I think just um, the safety issues, the wellness issues, and the leadership around finding out what our members need um, takes um, certain kind of presence as a leader to listen well, but um, before you listen well, you have to ask the right questions. And um, sometimes um, it's hard 
for leaders of a large association with 211,000 members to ask the right questions and to listen well, because there's a lot of, of getting caught up in the bureaucracy of the organization or the association, and a lot of just, this is the way we do things. This is our culture in ASHA. But, um, so I would hope to break some of that down and um, use social media and, um, go way faster in terms of figuring out artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence can help us as speech language pathologists and audiologists. And I'm very excited about AI right now. So, um, so two levels to answer your question, two levels at the uh, technical side, the what do we need to know, the information we need to know to do our jobs well and to feel um, smart about doing our jobs, but then also the relational side of what do our members need and not just the, the main group of members, but what do all the constituent groups of members need and what can ASHA do to help build community and to shore up feelings of wellness and safety? Thank you. Um, what I was picking up a little bit on what you're saying too is part of your leadership style is listening and reflecting back what you hear from um, your teams and your students. Can you expand a little bit more on your leadership style and how you will get stuff done if you're elected? Yes, so I've um, taken the Gallup StrengthsFinder lots of times and I always come out as strategic. So uh, my leadership style is relational and strategic and I put those things, those two things together and um, you know, I heard the superintendent of the Dallas School District say the other day um, that um, a vision is a dream with a plan in place. So um, my leadership style is to have the big picture and then to have clarity about uh, by doing a gap analysis of the little pieces that we need to put in place. Where are we now? Where do we want to be? And then how do we bridge that gap? So I do just in my day-to-day -day work, I, I do a lot of action plans so I can measure whether or not I'm moving towards that desired state, that vision. So um, my leadership style, strategic, relational, but I get a lot, I'm a high producer because I work off of action plans. Thank you. And my last question to you is exactly about what your vision for your position if elected is. What is your vision and how will you execute on that vision? I know why I'm running for ASHA president-elect, but I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna execute um, my vision if for running for office if I'm elected. So you all will have to help me with that. Um, so, you know, um, ASHA's vision as members our vision for our association, our professional association, is making effective communication a human right, accessible and achievable for all. So we normally think about our clients when we think about that vision statement, but I think about ASHA members also when I hear that vision statement, because I don't think ASHA has always been accessible to all members in terms of involvement at the level that people may wanna be involved. It's been somewhat of a closed system. We're moving into a governance restructure uh, and um, that's why I'm running for office to be uh, very forthright and direct. 
So the, the governance structure is you get to, as a member, you get to vote for the um, member at large on the board of directors and all of the other positions would be appointments. Now the read, the rationale for moving to an appointment system is that they can, ASHA, the group, the nominations and elections committee can um, ensure more um, ethnic, racial, linguistic, cultural diversity in the leadership, but at what cost? Um, so taking the vote away from members is something that I strongly object to. Taking vote a vote away from anybody is something that I strongly object to. And that's my core reason for running is I want to, okay, so we're going to move into this governance restructure. I'm a pretty independent thinker. So how can I hold paramount the strengths of ASHA, but still push against the status quo? I, I really do not um, see yet how it's going to play out that, um, we won't get more closed as a system in ASHA. And I want to push against that tendency to be closed and think that we know this and we're going to appoint our friends and their friends are going to appoint our other friends. And so sort of this incestuous system and move towards diversity in thinking and diversity of thought comes from our perspective, which is based on our life story. And so I don't know how it'll play out. I don't know what I can contribute but I'm just irritated enough that I thought, well, I can't be that irritated and not take some action. So that's the reason why I'm running. If any of you um, have thoughts on that, um, if I do get elected, I promise to come back and, and look at your posts and look at your blogs and maybe interact with you more directly about how we can move forward to ensure that um, we circle back to what we were talking about earlier, Christina, about how do we make sure that more um, SLPs of color and audiologists of color are in the professions in the future. And um, how, do we, how do we get off of this doing the same thing the same way over and over again in terms of the association? So I love ASHA, I'm proud of ASHA, I'm proud to be a member of ASHA, but it also drives me crazy. So um, that's why I'm running and um, it, goes, it goes back to the vision and it goes back to the diversity issue, diversity of thought being um, where I, I kind of end up. I want um, lots of, of reasonable, strong, different opinions sitting around the table at, at board of director meetings. Great. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for answering my questions and um, taking the time this evening to speak with me. I really appreciate it. And if you're a follower or you're listening right now, please, please vote on ASHA's website. Uh, Judy Rich is a candidate for president-elect for ASHA board 2021. Voting is open now until June 3rd. Judy, thank you so much again. Appreciate it. Sure, it's been fun. Thanks, Christina.